For many of us, it will be a solemn occasion this weekend and the 20th anniversary of 9-11, where and what we were doing. For some, however, this anniversary is one that they're not looking forward to, especially those who lost loved ones. Ken and Jane Oswald were living in Wisconsin 20 years ago. Their son had just graduated from Wheaton College outside Chicago. He had just landed and started a plum of a job at the World Trade Center. Ken and Jane had just been to New York City and attended church with their son and girlfriend before heading back home. On that fateful Tuesday, the Oswalds couldn't reach their son. Only much later would they learn that he had lost his life, but they already knew that he was gone. It was a few years later that I would meet this couple in Michigan. We wept together, but thanked our Lord Jesus together that Jason was safely home. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're continuing in a series this week called 9-11, 20 Years Later. This, Justin, you are looking at obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers. I just saw a second plane come in from the south and hit the south tower halfway between the bottom and the top of the tower. It's got to be a, a terrorist attack. A hijacked plane crashed in Pennsylvania this morning, not far from the West Virginia border. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I'm on the plane. I'm calling from the plane. I hope to be able to see your face again, baby. I love you. The tower is down completely, according to our producer. The side of the tower has come down on the street. The resolve of our great nation is being tested. Make no mistake. We will show the world that we will pass this test. God bless. Some of the sights, some of the sounds heard on that morning of September 11th, 2001. They still bring tears to our eyes, don't they? In that montage, we also heard some of the voices from United Flight 93. They knew they had been hijacked. They knew what had happened in New York City and already Washington, D.C. at the Pentagon. And some of them decided they were not going to let their plane do the very same thing. In a moment, we're going to hear more from Lisa Beamer, whose husband Todd was on that flight. We'll also hear from Ken and Jane Oswald. I talked about them already. Their son, who was in the World Trade Center when it went down. And finally, I'll share an interview I did some years ago with artist and painter and elder at his church, Makoto Fujimura. I asked Makoto to explain to me what he saw on 9-11 and how the Lord ministered to him on that fateful day. And on that note, we open with Michael W. Smith, Sovereign Over All. There is strength within the sorrow There is beauty in our tears And you meet us in our mourning With a love that cast out fear You are working in our waiting You're sanctifying us 
went beyond our understanding. You're teaching us to trust. Your plans are still to prosper. You have not forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the flood. You're faithful forever, perfect in love. You are sovereign over us. You are wisdom unimagined. Who could understand your way? Reigning high above the heavens, reaching down in endless grace. You're the lifter of the lowly, compassionate and kind. You surround and you. Uphold me, and your promises are my delight. Your plans are still to prosper. song called Sovereign Over Us, Michael W. Smith, on this Haven Today, on the week leading up to 9-11, the 20th anniversary. As we remember the horrible events that took place on that day, I know my heart has been heavy, but it's also been encouraging to hear from so many Christians who found hope in Christ in that great trial. One of those was Lisa Beamer, whose husband Todd was on United Flight 93. I'd like you to hear a bit from an interview that she did with a news crew. She shares Todd's story and their shared faith in Jesus. I didn't know what Todd's role was for three days. I knew what had happened on the flight. I knew the passengers had staged an uprising, but I didn't have any specific information on what Todd did. And a lot of people during that time said, what do you think happened? Do you think Todd was involved? And I said, yeah, I'm sure Todd was involved. You know, he was a courageous guy and he was a, he was a competitor and he was um, someone who certainly wouldn't let someone hurt him or himself without doing something about it. And obviously I knew that Todd's perspective would have been knowing that even if he wasn't going to come out of this, that um, this wasn't the end for him. It was just the beginning. We have seen it in the courage of passengers who rushed terrorists to save others on the ground. Passengers like an exceptional man named Todd Beamer 
And would you please help me welcome his wife, Lisa Beamer, here tonight. Oh, it's been a great source of encouragement for me. I've had so many people come up or email me or call me and say, you know, I was on the Capitol step that day or my son works at the White House or different people just specifically. I was actually at the White House yesterday and had numerous staff people come up and just shake my hand and say thank you. And, you know, I know in so many ways that Todd's death was not in vain, but to be able to look at people who really feel like they owe their life to him, it's a unique blessing. I mean, there's so many ways for people to die, and I feel like, um, you know, God really blessed Todd by giving him something so valiant to fight for at the end. The other piece that Todd did that was unique that we know about, I mean, we don't know what other people did, but Todd um, asked that operator to pray the Lord's Prayer with him. As I was thinking through the Lord's Prayer, the biggest piece that stuck out to me is the part about um, asking God to forgive your trespassers as, as you forgive those who trespass against you. And um, I just thought, man, Todd was asking forgiveness for these people at the time. And I don't know, you know if that whole thought was going through his head, but it's certainly um, something for me. You know, I haven't even really thought about you know, the anger and, and all that that goes along with, with the whole thing for me as far as what those people did to Todd and, and how they you know, destroyed my family here on earth. But Todd at that time was able to have the presence of mind to say, you know what, God's going to forget these people and I need to forgive them too. And that piece was just really big for me to look at and say, good example, Todd, I'm going to try my best to to pick it up from there and do the same. This has been a terrible week with many tears, but also it's been a week of great faith. I just think that our nation has been a little bit awakened to the fact that Life isn't all about, you know, making money and, and, you know, being successful and even being happy. But it goes a lot deeper than that. And I hope that people just use this opportunity when, uh, obviously, everyone's got to be thinking about the bigger picture right now because everyone's security, whether you were touched personally or not, has been shaken by this. And um, my advice to people would just be to look deep inside and ask the tough questions as far as, um, you know, if you were taught on that plane, what would you have done? If you were sitting in my chair right now, what would your perspective be? And would you be able to um, just have the eternal hope that I have? And if you can't, then I ask you to sit down and open your Bible and ask God to show you. Lisa Beamer, sharing the heroic story of her husband, Todd. She writes more about that day and their life together in her book, Let's Roll, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Courage. Most important, she points everyone to the same Christ who was with her husband, Todd, on that plane before it crashed in Pennsylvania. The Lord who walks with us in all our trials of life. When you read Let's Roll, I know you'll find encouragement to live for Christ today and to trust that no matter what happens in this life, there's something better coming in the next. I'd like to send you Let's Roll for your gift to the ministry. Our number to call after the program is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can make a gift on our website. Watch more of the interview we just played with Lisa Beamer. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. You're listening to Haven Today. And in some ways, Lisa and Todd's story reminds me of one other story. I shared a little bit of it when the program opened with Ken and Jane Oswald. Ken and Jane lived in Wisconsin. They ran a B&B. And their son, Jason, had just started a job at the World Trade Center. He was a Wheaton grad, just like Todd and Lisa Beamer. 
And on the fifth anniversary of 9-11, I asked them to share some of this story with me. Your son had graduated from Wheaton College. He had gone on uh, for more school, as I recall. Tell us about how he got to New York City and working in the World Trade Center. What was he doing? Jason had, after he graduated from UT, got a job in Chicago, and that was really wonderful because we were in Wisconsin and we got to see him maybe every month or so. But he did meet a young lady that was the reason for him going to New York. Uh, (laughs) That would do it, wouldn't it? And I can remember it was Father's Day in 2001. He called, and he was on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and he was moving to New York City to pursue this young lady. And um, once he got to New York, he um, interviewed for quite a few different jobs and narrowed it down to two And one of them, of course, was working for Cantor Fitzgerald, and that was on the 101st floor of the North Tower of the World Trade Mm. Center. I don't know if I remember exactly, but I believe he started that job in August of 2001. Your son and his girlfriend, both believers, both going to church. You were up running the bed and breakfast in Wisconsin. It was hard, Jane, wasn't it, to even believe that perhaps your son had died, even though you knew he was supposed to be at work on the 101st floor that day of the North Tower. People from church were trying to call us, and we said, don't call because we're waiting to hear from Jason, you know, and and we Mm. didn't hear. And denial, I'm sure, was a word you could use. Um, You know, we thought, well, he's in a hospital or... The phones are out, and he can't get to us, and, and maybe he has amnesia. And, and it really wasn't until the following year that um, we were notified by um, detectives that um, part of Jason was found, and I assume it was bone fragments, that they mm. were identified mm. through DNA. And that was really the time that we, almost, we had to really face, face that um, he was gone. How is Jesus working in both your lives today, and and how can he work in the lives of others that are listening, and, and even if they weren't at 9-11, they're reliving 9-11? You know, as I go back over my life as an individual and with Jane as a couple, I mean, we just continue to see his hand at work for the times that we're near him. When we turn our back and we kind of drift away, obviously we, we find ourselves groping a little bit, and there was a period of time after Jason's death that that occurred. But since then, you know, we've kind of been able to refocus. We've kind of moved into a closer walk. Even what we're doing today is such a blessing to us to have Mm -hmm. the opportunity to serve in the ministry that we're at. Yes. As we share, and and I guess we're not overly aggressive of that. Maybe we need to do a better job. But as we talk to other folks, our good friends and that, and just show them that, you know, God's a loving God. I mean, as we read his word, we don't doubt one word of it. I mean, we know who he is, and we know that everything happens for a purpose, and and though we miss Jason uh, a lot, uh, we certainly know he's in a better place. And I can't honestly say I rejoice in the fact that he's not with us, but I, I certainly can accept it. Jane, you're going to get to see Jason again someday. Right. And you've probably thought about that many times, have. haven't you? And what you would say to him. What do you think the first thing might be <laughs> that you'll say to your son, Jason, when you get to see him someday? Wow. <laughs> I know for me it would be, have you caught any fish lately? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll talk. I... Are you going to just hug him and let him know oh, you love him? Oh, I know. Him? I know. I will. 9-11, 20 years later. I'm thankful for Ken and Jane Oswald who shared their son Jason's story with us again today. At the World Trade Center, we know that 
2,763 people died that day when the plane slammed into those towers, and those towers fell. We also know that there were 343 firefighters, 12 police officers, and 37 Port Authority police who died trying to rescue those trapped in the buildings. To say those numbers gives me pause for thought. When you stand at the memorial today, like I have, all of their names are written around the footprint of each tower. But many more survived that day than we expected. And many in Manhattan saw firsthand the devastation. One person we spoke with was a well-known Christian artist and painter, an elder at its church, Makoto Fujimura. I asked Makoto to explain to me what he saw on 9-11 and how the Lord ministered to him on that fateful day. Well, 9-11, the morning of 9-11, I was organizing a prayer group, uh, creatives, artists, and on Upper West Side. So I left fairly early in the morning, mm-hmm. and I remember calling a friend in L.A. as I was going down the steps to get into the subway and looking up at the towers. It was a beautiful, clear beautiful, day. Actually, the, it was this azure sky, um, blue, very much like the pigments that I use. And I was thinking to myself, you know, this is, the sky is rarely mm-hmm. this deep, um, uh, unforgettable color and um, I went up down my wife was home it was the first day of school mm-hmm. and so she was going to take the kids to a school which is two blocks away mm-hmm. and uh, my eldest um, son was at middle school which is across the highway everything was all said and then we heard there was an accident so I came back down to the same subway stop but um, of course that's when the towers were collapsing and then 45 minutes later they backtracked to uh, 14th street and Mm -hmm. that's when i came out and by that time towers were gone and you're thinking of your wife yeah and your children i I had no idea what happened or my studio was located north of where we live about 10 blocks north so I decided to go there first, and my wife had left me a message saying that she would meet me there, mm-hmm. and the children had been evacuated. You couldn't go home for I, a while. We couldn't go home. I, I didn't know if my home was standing. Mm-hmm. We stayed in the studio for a day, and next day we were able to sneak back in. and, and Collect uh, your, uh, yeah. some belongings. Right, that's right. And we were able to get our car out of the garage before the gas leak closed everything down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we were very fortunate to, um, our place was spared, we were spared. Um, and um, there was, it was, it was I, I consider it really a miracle. There was damage that actually uh, entered your street, I think. The, one of the plane engines fell right in front of our <laughs> in front of your house. Yeah, and almost hit, hit a pedestrian. Uh, we, we didn't see that, but that's, that's what we heard. Yeah. Mm. What does Jesus mean to you today, 10 years later? Oh, well, um, I mean, Jesus was present when I walked down 7th Avenue not knowing my um, family is okay. Um, and I was just the other day, I, I had this lunch with my daughter, and we decided to walk home from Soho. It's about two miles, but so we were coming down, and and I realized as I turned on Hudson Street and went back to our loft, that was exactly the path that I took that day. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I walked that path with my daughter, and mm. and I remember praying, you know, God, if it's if there's a way that I can 
have trust here um, that I would see my children grown. You know, that was my prayer. <laughs> and as I walked that path, my daughter, beautiful daughter, is standing next to me, walking with me. <laughs> and there's nothing I can say to her um, except. How can you just, even tell no, your daughter I, I what you're I, thinking? And I, I, I would not. And, sure. it, and yet it was, it was Jesus reminding me that I am here for you. I'll never leave you. Marco, thank you. Sure. This is Haven Today and a special program called 9-11, 20 years later. I know the stories we've heard today aren't easy to hear. Lisa Beamer losing her husband, United Flight 93. Ken and Jane, who I still stay in touch with today, lost their son Jason. And then we just heard from Makoto Fujimura, an artist, an elder in his church in New York City, running for his life uptown that Tuesday morning, trying to flee from the danger as the buildings collapsed. In the aftermath of the 9-11 attack on the World Trade Center in New York City, photographer Joel Meyerowitz spent nine months at Ground Zero, documenting the recovery and the wreckage. On March 30th, 2002, Joel was taking photos inside the area of the South Tower when a fireman called him over and handed him the remains of a Bible that he had found in the debris. The front of the Bible was obliterated, so the remaining fragments of pages sat open-faced, melted onto a piece of heart-shaped steel. While most of the Bible had been destroyed, the little more than half of a page on top was miraculously preserved. Of all the pages and of all the verses, the melted Bible was open to Matthew 5. And the first thing Joel noticed was under the heading Retaliation in Matthew 5, 38 and 39. And that's where Jesus said, You have heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that you resist not evil. But whoever shall strike you on your right cheek, you turn the other to him also. Joel was stunned. How remarkable is it that of all the fragile pages that survived, it was this passage in the midst of such an unspeakable act of evil. So Joel wrapped the fragile page of Bible, melted on steel, in a scarf, and held on to the Bible for a number of years until he decided to donate it in 2010 to the September 11 Memorial Museum. A photo of the Bible on display in the museum was published in a New York Times article entitled, At 9-11 Memorial, An Enduring Message of Forgiveness. In that article, Joel was quoted as saying, My astonishment at seeing the page that the Bible was open to made me realize that the Bible's message survives throughout time. What's the takeaway for us from this story 20 years later? I think it's that Jesus' message of forgiveness endures today. No matter what we've been through or what has been done to us, it still applies to us today. Christ is calling us to forgive today, just as he has forgiven us. How do we know this to be true? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is how we know. This is Haven Today, and a special program called 9-11, 20 years later. I'll never forget what I was doing that day, and what I did as part of a ministry later on, 
to share a brand new program, not only the same day, but two hours after the second plane hitting the second tower. And just before we go, I want to thank so many of you for supporting Haven Ministries with your gifts. Since 1934, we've been sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, thanks to the support from friends like you. We're 100% supported by listeners, which means every dollar you send goes directly to sharing the good news with millions of listeners. And as a thanks for your support, I'd like to send you the just-released 20th anniversary book called Let's Roll, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Courage by Lisa Beamer. Lisa's husband, Todd, I've already said, was on that United Flight 93 when terrorists overtook the cockpit. They knew what would happen. They already knew about New York City. They had heard the Pentagon had been hit, and they decided they wouldn't be a part of it. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of Christian heroes like Todd Beamer. And I know you'll find great hope as you read about his life. So to get your copy of Let's Roll, please call us right now at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, read more about Let's Roll, and then you can make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And don't forget, if you were listening to last week and still wanted a copy of the book, Warriors of the Word, the Bible Memorization Battle Guide for Winning Spiritual Victories, we still have copies for your gift to the ministry. It's a helpful book to help you, your friends, your family, your church, hide God's Word in our hearts. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow, when again we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus' words in Luke 10, 18, bursting onto the scene much like a lightning bolt. His disciples had just returned from seeing demons cast out and people healed in the name of Jesus. They were excited, as anyone would be. But Jesus' words come as a reminder. He is the Lord, and we are not. He was there when Satan fell, and he'll be there when he's finally defeated. Jesus invites us in, not to be lords over anyone or to boast about his work in us. No, we get to bear witness to his grace and see him work miracles. Then we can rejoice that our names are written in heaven. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.